Welcome back to the Holistic OBGYN. I'm Nathan Riley, the Holistic OBGYN. Before I go any further, this is edutainment. This is not medical advice. Do not utilize anything you hear in this podcast at any point in time as a replacement to the advice given by your doctor. If you need medical advice, go to your doctor. This time I'm interviewing a very, very dear friend of mine. We've known each other for close to 10 years. His name is Jacob Egbert. He's a physician, MD, practicing in Salt Lake City, Utah. But he and I met when he was living also in Utah. can't remember the town, but it was outside of Salt Lake. And he was a CrossFit gym owner. He was a dad to five children, formerly in a marriage that has since, they've since gone separate ways. He's now in a new marriage with a beautiful little girl, Pepper. And he is the, the sort of full package of dad, stud, physician. He's kind of got it all, guys. And he has so much information to share in this, in this interview um, because he and I met at a Paleo FX conference way back in the day, or it was maybe the Ancestral Health Symposium, but he and I both have been involved in uh, the Ancestral Health movement, Paleo movement, for you know a decade now, a decade plus. When we met, he was a new attending physician. I was in medical school, and we were both looking at each other like, God, this system sucks. Because <laughs> everything we were learning at the conference was like, oh, you can actually do all the things you were, you were taught to do in medical school better using diet and movement and sleep and meditation. And I remember at this early conference, Ben Greenfield was there. Um, Rob Wolf was making a rise. Diana Rogers was a new face on the scene. Mark Sisson, of course, was doing Mark Sisson's thing. I mean, this was like uh, Paul Jaminet. Like, there were all these incredible names in this space, and nobody really knew where the movement was going to go. And I think since the, the movement has sort of deteriorated just a little bit in the sense that it, you know, all of these people are doing their totally own you know, new things, right? They're in the biohacking space and the keto space. But the, the one thread that bound everybody was that we all realized that there are these modifiable factors that impact our health far greater than drugs and surgery. And Jacob Egbert lives this. The guy is, I don't know how tall Jacob is. He, he seems like he's seven feet tall, but he's probably 6'2". And I've seen, and he, he would probably outweighs me by 50 pounds. So I, and I've seen this guy do strict ring muscle-ups with like a 70-pound kettlebell or standing backflip. I mean, the guy is a true physical specimen. And he's an amazing father, an amazing physician. And he, like me, is trying to find his way out of the system that we know is so broken. So without further ado, enjoy my conversation with my dear, dear, dear friend, Jacob Egbert. Jacob, welcome. I, uh, anything I missed there with the introduction? How do we know each other? Yeah, great. Um, well, first of all, thank you for inviting me. I think this is going to be a great conversation topic and I'm excited to do that. So we met, what is it? It's almost nine, nine or eight or nine years ago. Yeah, it's a while ago. Paleo Effects. I had started a physician's and ancestral health program with another doctor. And I believe you joined that or I'm not, I'm not even sure if that was subsequent to our meeting. You were a medical student at the time. So you I were, was a med student. Yeah. Somebody found me and they were like, oh, you're a I don't know how they knew I was a doctor, but I'd met, I think it was Don, I can't remember Don's last name, but he was a Wilson? physician up in, uh, Don Wilson, yeah, yeah physician yeah. up in Canada, and he had 
we had just had like a casual conversation while looking at posters and he was like, oh, if you're a doctor, you should come to this meeting. And I happened to be sitting next to you. And I remember <laughs> my recollection is I was like, this guy is giant and beautiful and he looks very, very exhausted. I wonder what he has to say. And then you and I connected immediately on like, oh my God, we're stuck in this crazy system that doesn't let us do medicine the way that we think medicine should be done. Hence, a nine-year conversation going forward as to <laughs> oh, yeah. how, are we, how are we caring for ourselves and people? It's interesting to like think back because, you know, in reflecting on the time of life when that was, you know, you mentioned being exhausted. I was probably a year or two out of residency. So just mm. my first mm -hmm. job and it was, it was a challenging time. You know, I was, I was, I was operating a gym at the time and I was conflicted with delivering health through the mm -hmm. gym mm -hmm. and having to operate as a physician. Oh, that's right. The, you were a, a gym owner. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Which gave me a lot of really like great feelings. I don't know. I, I would just yeah. say that. And so yeah. I was idealistically operating, but then I had to make money. So I went and did medicine. So. <laughs> oh man, if only we could go back. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I have that conversation with a lot of people, physicians, everybody feels the same. It's like, man, this is, this is not the easiest way to make money. <laughs> well, right. Op opening a gym and operating a gym is, is much more hard, you know, to make money, but yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's pros and the grass is always greener, <clears throat> right? Everybody who isn't a doctor thinks that doctors have this cush lifestyle. And then people who actually are doctors realize, man, there's a lot more to this than just, I want to provide good care. So Sure. You and I bonded on, have bonded over the years on that. And um, I have to say, you are a physical specimen of a human who does all of the right things to care for yourself. Um, and I'm really interested to hear what you think the world needs to know about caring for women. So before cool. we before we turn the, the uh, I, I just pass the ball over to you. Let's take a big deep breath together. I feel like not too many people do this first thing in yeah, the morning. Yeah, absolutely. So. You ready? You can breathe yeah. audibly out into the microphone. <laughs> Let's do it. Ready? Mm -hmm. Jacob, the floor is yours. What are three things awesome. you want the world to know about caring for women? Well, geez. I feel so inadequate to answer this question. Honestly, when you first proposed that to me, I just almost got overwhelmed by it. Mm. Um, considering that I'm not a woman. And I think that actually spurs on one of the first things that I would, I would say is important in caring for women is really asking them what they need, you know, mm. really getting into their world mm -hmm. and, and listening. Mm. So it's funny because we, when you asked me to talk about how we met and I reflected on owning a gym, I just had this picture of, I think 80 to 85% of my clients were women mm -hmm. and what a great opportunity I had to, to interact with them. And it was really started the journey that I've gone on since then in treating women and what mm -hmm. I feel is important to, to their health and seeing that strength is such a, you know, a central part of gym culture and that life. I would say that's one of the things that I, I absolutely recommend for caring for women is encouraging them to develop their strength. Yeah. And of course, that's not just physical strength, but it's everything. Um, and that's, you know, that's just like a very physical thing. Yeah. But I'd say right. going back to, to listening, um, 
as a man, I don't really get what they're looking for. Mm. And I think that's important to recognize. I don't have to know without asking. So I say that because, you know, as a physician also, I walk into these rooms and, and half my patients are women. Mm. And to assume I know how they feel or to assume that I know anything about what they're experiencing from their physical aspect uh, is just not, it's not effective. So really getting in and listening to what they have to say and listening for what's behind what they're saying, I think is really important. Um, so, you know, that's just sort of a, a rambling you know, general assessment of like my position. Like, I don't really know. That's the big picture. But to really open myself up and listen, and that of course seems general as well, that's kind of my approach. Um, and I'm not great at it, honestly. Like, I'm, I'm developing myself. And I think that's a big part of this approach is, is to really get that I'm not the best at that. And that puts me in a position to trying. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. Yeah, it does. But well, there's so much in just what you what you've already said. Um, so as a doctor and as a husband and as a dad, I think really asking questions, I think, is coming through there. Asking questions and and asking for what people need before presuming what they need. Absolutely. I think helps us in every walk of life, but especially in your role. And um, you're, you're juggling a lot of women in your life. Um, <laughs> I mean, you have a wife, you have daughters, you have patients. And if we were to um, sort of um, try to protocolize how a man engages with any of those women, I know those women in your life. And I know that there are some big personalities there. So, um, and that's not a big personality isn't a bad thing. It's, it's that there's a unique person sitting there and um presuming i think always gets us in trouble so absolutely so you also mentioned strength um as a dad uh one of the points you had mentioned before was show your your children both both your boys and your girls show them what a, a powerful man is that the words you used yeah what a powerful man can be yeah Tell me about that. what is a powerful man so i have a daughter who's 18 and i also have a daughter who's two almost two you're, and Sierra is, and she is a fierce individual. I saw videos of her wrestling and stuff. I mean, <laughs> yeah, she uh, she started wrestling her senior year of high school, and she went to state and placed. So she's actually Holy very, smokes. very capable little woman. So yeah, you know, and and so a little bit of background on my personal life. So I'm divorced uh, approximately eight years now, and have five children, previous marriage, and one daughter. And so now I'm remarried with to Amelia and we have a daughter together who's almost two little pepper. So I have an opportunity to continue to parent somewhat distantly because I don't live with Sierra. She has lived with me, you know, off and on. And now I have pepper here full time. So I've gone through the parenting through adulthood and I've raised an adult and now I get to try again, you know, to see how I can do this better. But to show what a powerful man is, you know, my intention behind that is largely in preparation. I think one of our roles as a parent is to prepare our children to function as, as adults. And as a woman, to go out into the world, how do you be prepared to interact with other humans? You know, I think showing example of what a powerful man is. And when I say powerful, I'm not 
fully, I'm not necessarily meaning like, oh, look at my big, powerful human mm -hmm. body and what mm -hmm. I can do. Although that is a part of it because, you know, I do want to demonstrate what physical prowess can be and how to control it. So I want her to be prepared to partner up. I think, you know, she's interested. She has a boyfriend. And it's funny to see the the men or boys that she's picked. A lot of times I'm like, huh, that's like me. Hmm. She's she's picking boys that are similar to me, very athletic. You know, they look similar, you know. Sh so she is, she's hopefully been shown what a good man is. You know, hmm. I, I really have tried to be a good man, you know, listen to her and demonstrate power and responsibility and all the things that I think I can do to be a good man in the world, a powerful man mm. versus somebody who, and when I say powerful versus let's say weak, weak would be somebody who falls down. Um, let's say addiction or abuse or judgment or other, other weak attributes. And I've really tried my best to be an example of power. Mm. But in addition to that, listening to her and really getting in her world without making her wrong for her choices and understanding her and, and creating an open dialogue for any of the things that she's going through without judgment. So she's been really open with me with a lot of the personal experiences she's had. So, yeah, you have you do seem to have a very tight bond with Sierra in particular. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know we get together for dinner once a week or so and. We get all the I get all the the juicy details of her life, you know, you know the dramas at work and yeah, some of her fears and goals, and it's just been really, really good to have cultivated that relationship and sure and been an example for her. And I, you know, as always, I feel inadequate. Like I hope I'm doing a good job. But, well, but we're having all that in <laughs> trying yeah. to figure it out. <laughs> but having that intention, I think you know that's kind of what I started with is is that I don't know, and when I don't know, I really try. Mm. And presuming that I know is when things stop growing and then things stop being effective. Quick interlude here. You know those earbuds that we're all wearing? We're listening to audiobooks, podcasts, music all day long on the bus, on a plane, in a house with a mouse. Well, they're emitting low frequency radi radiation at all times. So your brain is receiving this constant flood of radiation. And in the neuro neurology world, all the neurologists know that this is bad for the brain. But we don't seem to practice it because we know that these tools, these cell phones and our podcasts and everything, it's, they're powerful tools. But to have those earbuds in your skull all day long emitting EMF, it's probably not the best thing for us. So fortunately, there's a solution, an elegant solution. If you go to waveblock.com, you'll see there's a company based in L.A., it makes these great little stickers that mitigate the EMF that's emitted from your earbuds, protecting your brain, protecting all those beautiful little neurons in there, keeping you alive and strong for, for many, many years to come. Waveblock produces these stickers. You strap them on the stalks of your earbuds, and you're good to go. You can listen all day long without worrying about that. I also worry about carrying my cell phone in my pocket, so they also make these stickers, which are going to be released in early December. So by the time that this podcast comes out, you should be able to pre be able to order these. They're available for pre-order now. They're stickers that go on the cell phone, right, and actually mitigate the EMF that are that is uh, emitted from your cell phone devices. So 
for all of the people in your life that you love, this is an easy, an easy Christmas gift, Easter egg <laughs> that I'm handing you on waveblock.com at checkout. If you enter code beloved, you'll save 10% on your purchase. It is super helpful to have sponsors like Waveblock because I really believe in their device. I use it myself and I'm so happy to have your support. So go check them out, waveblock.com. Let's get back to the conversation. So I think that's a really, really important. I think that that's, I think it's important that our daughters feel comfortable being themselves around us. But, it, but because I think that translates out to the bigger world. Like you are her only dad. You will only be ever be her only dad. And, um, you're going to be her ultimate role model, regardless of what she wants. I mean, it's, it, it's no surprise that she picks somebody that's like you because you're an incredible human and not just physically. Like I've seen you do standing backflips. I've seen you do all this crazy stuff in the gym and you have the sensibility to sit down and realize like when you have limitations and when you're, you're willing to work on those things to become better for the women in your life. And I think that that models for her, the type of partner that she's obviously going to pick. I think that you um, bring a lot to the table and uh, I admire you for that. Yeah, thank you. I, I really do hope so. And, you know, one of the tools that I use with her is, is I'll ask her, I say, how can I be a better dad? Hmm. And I listen, you know, what she says. And she's given me some really good feedback. And she's like, hey, when you do this, it makes me feel this way. And I'm like, okay. And I really hmm. incorporate that and say, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I think that brings me to my, you know, the second point that we kind of discussed via text is as a partner, anytime you're dealing with women, I think one of the most important aspects of your behavior is to demonstrate trustworthiness, to do what you say you're going to do as this powerful human, like men, like just to be real straight, we're potentially very dangerous. You know, we're physically stronger than our female counterparts. We do, you know, for whatever societal reasons, hold a lot of power in the culture and the communities that we, that we operate in. Um, and there's a lot of responsibility with that. So, yeah. so we have to be trustworthy. The, the women in our lives have to be able to rely on us. So I think that's just you know, a component of my relationship. I have to do what I say I'm going to do. And it's the simplest thing. If I say I'm going to be home at 6, I'll be home at 6. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be late, I have to text and be like, Hey, look, I'm going to be a few minutes late. Just so there's always that feeling of like, okay, I can rely on this man. I can trust him. Right. Right. That sounds like such a simple thing to do, but how often, I mean, this is even like a bit of a cliche, right. Within the, within the media, you know, in movies and shows and everything else. I mean, how often do we see it modeled, you know, the man, whatever the man, it doesn't even have to actually be a, a male, like the, 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 whatever the, um, the, the person who has the more masculine energy in the relationship, let's say they kind of have this, like, I got to get the stuff done and check the boxes and do the things because I'm the, I'm the, the breadwinner or whatever else. And it's almost like they feel entitled to, Hey, I'm going to get out of work and go and hang out at the, the bar, or I'm going to go out and watch the sports and whatever else. Uh, but if, if the person at home is, is counting on you for certain things and you continue to just trip up on these they're, you know, they are promises. If you say you're going to be home at six, that's a promise. Um, it, and if, if we get in the routine of not doing the things 
not just that we're, that we're obligated to do, but the things that we said we're going to do. Um, I think that does degrade the relationship that we have with the people in our life. I mean, especially the women who are counting on us to, to take care of certain things, you know, and of course women don't need men to care for them, for them. Um, but if you're in a marriage, you guys are relying on one another. And, and I think that that does degrade the fabric of the relationship. If time and time again, you're just not doing what you said you were going to do. seems like a simple thing, but I think there's something deep. Oh, there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with relationship. Like you said, you know, I'm not necessary in the context of life. Like, you know, my, my wife could be very successful on her own mm -hmm. and we've joined together because we enjoy each other's company. We enjoy the synergistic aspect of our relationship. Yeah. Right. And that operates because we have agreement. I agree to do this. You agree to do that. And when I keep my agreement, she feels safe. When she keeps her agreement, I feel safe and it just works. So, hmm. and I think, you know, trustworthiness as a male, win, male to female, I don't think it's unique to that role, you know, but I think women from my experience and what I've researched and learned is that they value that a little bit more um, than the opposite. Yeah. And maybe that's not true. Again, I'm just going to go back to, I don't know. And I'm going to keep exploring and, and learning and listening. Yeah. I think if we were to summarize these three points, I know you, we had written them down before, but I actually feel like there's, there's a, a nice little, like this is kind of captured in three things. Be willing to admit that you don't know and to ask more questions. Demonstrate power physically, mentally, and emotionally. And then the third one is help them trust you by doing yeah. what you say you're going to do. Keep your promises. Keep your promises. Amen. Yeah, I think that that's important even as friends too, right? Like men supporting men. How often, like, until recently, I don't, I don't even think I really had any great male friendships because men are just, if both, if both people in that partnership, two men in, in, in a friendship and that, that type of relationship even, um, if I don't do what I'm, what I say I'm going to do, like, I, it's going to be kind of hard to, to build a deeper friendship and connection with me. Right. Yeah, I think so. For sure. And, um, yeah, and, and I don't think men even have really modeled mechanisms for keeping one another accountable for that, you know? So it's not like we practice it with one another, but a lot of men only have male friends, and that's just how it goes. You just do the thing you want to do because who cares, right? They're going to love me anyways. But in a, in a partnership with like a, a romantic partner, again, it could be a, two men, it could be two women, whatever. Um, there's more to it than that. I, I do feel like the word promise actually really matters there. Oh, absolutely. I think that's just a, a rule for life in operating with other humans is be reliable, yeah. be trustworthy and do what you're right. going to do or do what you say you're going to do. And I think, you know, you could take this a, a step further and I have this thing recently that I've, I've been focusing on and that's that phrase is keep the promises you made to yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's an internal dialogue. Like it's non-negotiable. If I say I'm going to do something internally, when I do it, I become a more powerful human mm. for myself, which then translates to being more powerful for others. Mm. So that practice of doing the thing I said I was going to do internally sets the stage and, and patterns my life. So that way 
when I am operating with my wife, there's no question. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And if I can't do it, I'm going to communicate, hey, immediately, as soon as I know I can't do it, I can't do that. Oh, that's so, so, I'm so glad you said that. It's like we become habituated. We become habituated to breaking promises to ourselves. So it Absolutely. becomes very, and, and of course, I'm not going to hate myself because I didn't do that thing. Although maybe I will. Yeah. Maybe I actually will have some negative self-talk. But gosh, if I can't do it for myself, how am I going to do it for this other person who's a completely autonomous, conscious human being? That's powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. I think we have our three points, Jacob. You did put a little bonus in here, which I think is <laughs> really important. People are not moving enough. And if you're going to move and exercise, some tr strength training certainly gives you some freedoms in this world, especially in, uh, in, in your practice. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, as a rehab physician, I see people at the last stage of life where they're still operating with some functional capacity. And sure. Those people that have the most strength and capacity do the best at the end of life. And that's just true. So yeah. it's like putting money in the bank. It's a retirement plan for your body. I mean, I, I, I literally, as you were saying that, I was thinking even a young person who's wouldn't otherwise be at the end of their life, like you're in a motorcycle accident or a car accident and your body gets tossed around. If you're Absolutely. flexible and strong, there's a good chance you're going to bounce back. If you haven't done any of that, that, that preparatory work for the, the perils of living in a very sharp and oftentimes very rock hard place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You don't bounce back as easily, literally. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's a metaphor for life as well. Like putting in the work, you know, you have the discipline, you have to promise yourself that you're going to go to the gym or eat a certain way. And just all, it's all connected, you know, living yeah. life is principles abound within all areas and they're always the same, you know, do what works and reap the benefits. So. Uh -huh. Jacob, how can people find you? You've got always got all kinds of cool stuff to check out. What do you want people to know? Yeah, so I'm just I'm starting over in a way from like social media. Actually, I, I deleted all my accounts a few months back. I was taking a huge break from from that. And so I'm just getting started again with a little bit of a business endeavor. Um, I focus in on mindset and, and some practices in the physical world as well. And I've I've come up with a program called Your Human Experience. And the website's under development, so you can't quite go there yet. It will be live here in the coming weeks. And it's just all one word, yourhumanexperience.com. I'm also just newly on Instagram, um, yourhumanx, so Y-O-U-R-H-U-M-A-N-X. The experience didn't fit. It's too long. So yourhumanx at, on Instagram. Those right are my on. two current launch pads for this new program. It's going to be in the world of meditation and self-awareness and how to be a better human, essentially. Can't think of a better person to be uh, governing over something like that, Jacob. I appreciate you so much, man. And I love you so much. And um, it's glad, I'm just glad to be talking to you this morning. My day just got better. So I hope you have a good day yeah. at work. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I love talking to you too, Nathan. And, and we'll just continue this conversation offline, of course. Right on. Well, hey, if you made it this far, you must have not been too bothered by the subtle issues with our audio cutting with the uh, <laughs> with the uh, interludes and whatnot. I had pre-recorded these episodes and then Waveblock came on as a sponsor, so I had to cut and carefully splice ads into the middle. So I appreciate your patience with that. 
waveblock.com, enter code BELOVED to save 10% on EMF mitigating stickers for your earbuds, um, stickers for the backs of your cell phones. We also have some other supporters of the show, Essential Oil Wizardry by Optimizers, um, The Birth Deck, Quicksilver Scientific and Midas End Scientific. They've all been generous enough to give you guys, as listeners of the show, a discount. So enter code BELOVED on any of those websites and you'll get a nice fat discount just in time for the holidays. Thank you so much for listening to The Holistic OBGYN. I'm Nathan Riley. Find us at BelovedHolistics.com. That's my practice website. Or you can find more about the podcast in the show notes and actually how you can donate. We're a 501c3, so you can donate there um, at HolisticOBGYNPod.com. Nova, just HolisticOBGYNPod.com. And I will see you next time for episode 20.
I wanted to take a quick break here to tell you about our sponsor, Waveblock. They create these great stickers that go on the earbuds that you use to listen to your podcasts all day and your audiobooks and your music. You're out in the yard, you're at the gym, whatever, and you've got these great little Bluetooth devices that are emitting electromagnetic frequency, which, you know, it's it's low dose, but it's radiation that you're receiving to your brain, or straight to your brain through your ear holes all day long. So the owner of Waveblock, who he designed this in LA where I did my residency training, he figured, hey, why don't we mitigate that EMF from these little Bluetooth devices? And so you can go to waveblock.com and get a pair of these stickers for your earbuds. They're also going to be releasing next month, December, just in time for the holidays, stickers that go on the back of your cell phones as well. So, you know, I don't, I'm never going to promote that we reverse engineer our society to a more pr- primitivistic way of living because these tools are important. But if we're holding them to our heads, in our pockets, next to our gonads all day long, we're getting little bits of radiation. And over time, that's not all that great. So head to waveblock.com, pick up your pair, and you can save 10% by entering the code BELOVED. I don't promote products on my show. No matter how much money they're going to pay me, I don't promote them unless I really believe in the technology. So this is one thing that I think everybody should be looking into and should be very serious about. I met some neurologists in medical school that were like, hell no, we're not going to keep cell phones near our heads all day long. That's crazy. And you shouldn't either. So head to waveblock.com, enter code BELOVED, save 10% on your first pair. Um, Support our friends and uh, let's get back to the show.